0: you so much for joining us on Uncover Wealth Radio.
1: Hi, I'm so thrilled to be on your show, Annette.
0: I am thrilled to have you because Echo's superpower is simplifying the complex and particularly when it comes to wealth management. So Echo, tell us, what are the common problems that you encounter when people come to you for financial advice? As a wealth manager
1: uh, for over 20 years in the U.S., I was a tax CPA uh, before changing my career. So, uh, Based on my experience, uh, the most common issue I encounter when people come to me for help in personal financial planning is that they have never organized their assets in such a way they can actually answer the question like, what is your net worth? You know, mm-hmm. And also they don't, without knowing their current net worth, and they haven't done any projection for, you know, h- what kind of net worth they need to achieve in order to reach their financial goals, particularly retirement goals. So mm-hmm. if they rarely know how much they need when they retire, it's kind of hard to do how they can plan for their long-term goals. And the second issue, I think, is uh, emotional investing. When we are talking about a lot of people, when they invest, there is really no strategies in place. And Mm. during the market downturn, they they tend to make quick and emotional decisions that are really bad for their investment return. Obviously, as you can imagine, they panic when the market drops and sell, which means they sell low, then sit. The market out and wait until it takes mm. an upturn to get back in, which means they are buying high. So as you can yes. see, that <laughs> is not going to help if they make, uh, you know, this kind of mistake just a few times during market downturn that would destroy their you know return. The third mm. mistake many people make is. Uh, too infrequently reviewing their insurance needs and coverage, particularly mm. long-term disability insurance for the major I- income earner for the family. Uh, one example could be, you know, a corporate executive or a successful business owner with, you know, earning power, uh, maybe earning over half a million a year and mm. has a stay-at-home spouse with three children in private school, uh, you know, have a financial plan that relies on that person's ability to earn income. If that person becomes disabled, the plan won't work. So I think uh, a lot of people don't reveal their life insurance need, long-term disability insurance need, uh, you know, regularly and just yeah. make sure they have that coverage and the last uh, common issue i encounter is that people over the years accumulate accounts in different places end up with <laughs> many many statements coming in or you know they just every single month they can figure out the asset allocation like investment strategy that they can actually implement when they have so many accounts all over the place. So not only does this incur a lot of fees, it makes determining net worth even more complicated. It's almost impossible to monitor asset allocation closely to execute investment strategies timely
0: yeah absolutely and just out of those four i know that i'm doing two of those things so i need to uh, i need to revisit a couple of them i certainly in um, i'm very infrequently uh, reviewing insurance needs and also i have accounts all over the place so that is that's two takeaways that i have that i need to put on my to-do list for sure now you mentioned net worth echo why is it even important that people understand what net worth is and how do they work out their net worth and Why is that an important number for people to know and understand? Okay, first,
1: net worth means you add up all your assets and your miners, your debt, you know, liabilities, Mm -hmm. and then you get to the bottom. If it's positive net worth, great. That's where you can start growing the number to a bigger number, right? By either paying down the debt, or, you know, increasing your assets through savings. And of course, saving alone is not enough to achieve your goal. You need to invest money and make money work harder for you in order to grow the asset side by paying down the debt over time. So for, you know, the ultimate goal for people is to get to a projected net worth. They can make, work optional. You know, when we talk about financial independence, or you can call it retirement planning, people need to understand what they are targeting, you know, in terms of wealth building. Without understanding the net worth and how to grow their net worth, it's really pretty much impossible to be, you know, focusing on the savings and ultimately growing that savings to a particular number that person needs to retire, you know, sustain the retirement lifestyle. So I think it's important for people first get organized. If you're not even organized, how are you going to achieve your goal? So I would say if people don't understand networks, now they should after listening to your show and then come up with some kind of tools to manage that net worth meaning that you can monitor it easily nowadays there are many software tools out there either do it yourself or work with a financial advisor and have a very specific cash flow projection on your savings and spendings over time i think very critical is the next five years you need to understand you know put in a place of saving plan towards your short-term, intermediate-term, or long-term goals. So I think it's important for people to understand where they are financially today by organizing everything and be able to answer the question, what is my net worth today? And then with the financial plan, they should remember what kind of net worth they are trying to target by what age.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so you mentioned that, you know, people should be thinking about investing to make their money grow. What do you say to those business owners that say, well, I'm putting all my money back into my business. That is where I'm focusing my money. Well, as
1: an entrepreneur and business owner myself, I have to make decisions to diversify Mm -hmm. my investments. And uh, certainly I totally understand Business owners believe in what they do well because they have full control uh, in terms of decisions and they yeah. tend to put the money back into the business. My advice is this. Of course, you need to have some emergency fund for the business to get through recession. Yes, mm-hmm. you need to have some money that's prepared to go through two or three year downturn mm-hmm. for the business to keep going. Okay, for sure, you need to have that. After you have that, you are able to think a little bit longer term, I would suggest people to consider putting a portion of the profit. You can distribute the business profit to your personal account and then in your personal account, make some decisions to diversify. Remember the The risk, you can manage the risk by investing in different companies. Well, it's safer that way. Remember, not every business is going to go well, including your own business. (laughs) So I would just say, you know, even though you're super, super confident in what you do, remember, there are just so many great companies out there can also help you you know increase your rate of return by managing your overall portfolio risk so personally in the US here we can maximize 401k i every single year i maximize my 401k and i also contribute to maximize my ira in addition to that and i also have a taxable investment portfolio that i diversify globally with all kinds of stock and exchange-traded funds globally for the long-term. Because I I believe in my firm, but at the same time, I'm spreading the investment around to reduce the risk uh, for my entire Mm. portfolio. I think in the long-term, that is better for business owners. But first, focus on keeping your business going, of course, so it doesn't Mm. go under. But after that, I believe people should think about Uh, diversification globally into different investments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I also speak to people about making sure that you have an emergency fund in your business because we hear it a lot in the personal finance world having a having an emergency fund personally, but many people forget to do it in their business as well. So, how should people protect and grow their investments during a recessionary period you mentioned, you know, recession and uh, and making sure we have emergency funds in our business for that. Of course, I think most people listening Will be in a country that is now currently in recession. And, you know, we've heard various information about how long that may last in different countries, but it is expected that here in the UK, certainly it is going to be a two to three year recession at least, like you mentioned as well. How can we make sure that we are protecting and even growing our investments during that time period, during a difficult financial period for the country and the world?
1: Yeah, I think um, the first point is uh, both in the business and personal level, uh, plan to have adequate emergency fund. The way Mm -hmm. I would do is uh, for a business, you, in addition to having some cash there to run the business, also explore choices of having very favorable uh, line of credit for your business because the yeah. interest rate is so low right now. And so my philosophy is go find a really great banker uh, that kn- who knows your business and you well, and take the advantage of that and apply for a uh, line of credit, even though at this moment you don't need it. Why not have it ready there? Because in my mind, for me, I have, uh, for my business, 200000 like a line of credit is always, it's there if I need it. So then I also have some, you know, regular, like I need to pay rent and the payroll and, you know, in my company checking account. So that's on the business side. But I think on the personal side, similarly, when I do my own personal financial planning, you really need to have enough, emergency fund sitting in savings or check-ins account that can cover essential living expenses for at least six months. So for people, if a single income earner, you probably want it more. You know, if you have a two income earner, you may be able to adjust a little bit, but I always want people to have something that's not in the stock market so that you know you have some money to pay regular bills. You don't have to sell your stock portfolio after the value decline for you know 30%, for example. So it's critical there. And then I think the second point is each business owner and should have some kind of financial projection for your company. Uh, f- detailed cash flow projection for the next five years. On the personal side, when I help clients, we prepare a financial plan that address uh, addresses budgeting. So mm-hmm. obviously the company has the budget, you know, personal needs to have a budget and monitor regularly. I think monthly is probably a really common way to monitor your budget and see if you're actually staying with your budget. Cash mm-hmm. flow and personal side is the retirement planning. So this financial plan needs to address how much saving you need to help you achieve your retirement goals. Important part of the asset allocation, as we're talking about asset allocation, is you need to decide how much should be in the stock market versus the bond market and real estate and cash. So Mm -hmm. because that determines how much risk you are taking in your portfolio. As I mentioned, insurance review is important. Estate planning and Tax planning. Estate planning is something a lot of people overlook. People don't want to talk about, you know, what happened if they become disabled or die. Uh, But during pandemic, it's even more important to review their estate plan. So in this financial plan, I think it will help people at least have a better understanding of what kind of risk they can afford taking in their portfolio. And I want people to remember that uh, you know, when they work with a financial advisor or do it on their own, they need to carve out their investment portfolio to address different kind of goals based on the time horizon too. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about, we already talked about emergency fund, right? That's unplanned expected expenses. But if you foresee some kind of expenses in the next three to five years that you need to pay well they I don't think you should invest that money in the stock market, because when the time is relatively short and you know you have to pay. Don't put that portion in the stock market. Put something in more conservative investment that you make more interest than the savings account, such as a short-term bond or short-term bond fund. And then, you know, for anything beyond five years, 10 years, or several decades, well, you have the time to take more risk and grow your portfolio. For the long-term investment, uh, you must invest with long-term perspective. That means stock markets, in general, will give you the most growth potential. So I want to remind people successful investing experience requires patience and discipline, right? And then um, I I also want people to remember that we are human, we have behavioral biases. (laughs) The behavioral biases, as I say, you know, you could be so emotional about your own money and make exactly the wrong decisions during market downturn. So overcoming behavioral biases, either fear or greed or overconfidence, you know, all these emotional biases, learn more about them and learn how to overcome them so that we could make better decisions. Uh, The last point I have is time in the market is more important than timing of the market.
0: Ah, that's a great thought. Yes, absolutely. Yes,
1: And I want to remind people when the stock markets are going to be volatile, you should expect it to be volatile. But if you, as I mentioned, if you have a financial plan that you know you don't need that portion of money for a decade or longer... Why do you care if the price is what tomorrow? I mean, or next mm-hmm. month, does it really matter? Well, if the market goes down 20%, it's buying opportunity for people who can save more for their long-term future, right? So I do, I want to share the data, recent data uh, from JP Morgan's Guide to Retirement presentation. As mm-hmm. of August nine, two 2020, uh, this presentation shows the seven of the best 10 days occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. So think about uh, uh, the statistics. The best day of 2015 is August 26, was only two days after the worst day. That is August 24th, and that's for S&P 500. So, if you fully invested in S and P 500 index that represent U.S. large companies between January 3rd, 2000, and August 9, 2020, remember that's over 20 years. Mm-hmm. The annualized return is 6.12%. If you just fully invested and don't get out, annualized return is 6.12%. If you wow. missed 10 best days, the return is only 2.18 per year. 2.18%. Imagine 10 day 10 best days over 20 years if you missed it, your return dramatically goes down from 6.12% per year to 2.18% per year. If you miss the 60 best days, the return is negative 7.67%. Wow. So let that sink in, you know, if you think you you are just so smart, you kind of know when the market is down, you say, you know, I hate the chaotic situation. I feel a lot more comfortable park my cash, park park it in cash for now until everything seems calmer and then I go back in. Well, you may miss those best trading days because you're trying to time the market. Even professionals can do it well. So mm-hmm. I would suggest people, once you decide the money is for the long-term, you, you should not try to time the market. You should invest with long-term perspective and you can monitor it, but don't make decisions emotionally you are more likely to get the market rate of return over time. But if you try to time it, you could end up with losing 7% a year or make 0% rate of return if you are really unlucky, right?
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So would you overall recommend that as people are building up their investment portfolio, that they do have kind of fingers in every pie, as it were? So they do have money in stocks they have it in bonds they have it in real estate and they have it in cash so they have that kind of risk spread and they have all the boxes ticked
1: yeah when we when i talk about asset location of course mm-hmm. the basic idea is you want to invest in assets they that do not go up and down at the same time in terms of value. Yes. You want some money go go up when the other assets go down. That's how you can reduce the volatility of your portfolio, right? And that's more effective, sense. like effective diversification. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of technically how to build it, that requires a lot more work. You need to dive in first, at the first level, you need to decide how many percent is uh, should be allocated to stock market in general. And that is something I believe a lot of people should allocate a lot more in stock market versus bond market or cash, you know, for the long-term. And of course, the do some stress test of this hypothetical model to see during market downturn, for example, this spring, can you tolerate 30% down and still stick with the <laughs> strategy, ask yourself, that question, because we just experienced that, right? So if you are not somebody who's going to stick with this long term, you shouldn't be putting 90% in the stock market, and then you freak out, right? So it can be toned down in terms of risk adjusting down. And then in that stock put uh, allocation. You can decide how much should be in the US, how much should be overseas and in emerging market, and then decide different companies have different characteristics and how many percent should be in large companies, more established companies. So we could go down to a lot more detail, but in general, People need to have a lot more money in all kinds of companies globally so that when one country is going through recession, maybe there are other opportunities in different countries that could do well. So I would also suggest people don't just invest in your own country and be done because then you miss out opportunities in other areas, other countries.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's something I hadn't even thought of, actually, was that diversification into other parts of the world because people are on different cycles and people are, you know, people are in different um, periods of recession or or otherwise in, in their kind of economic cycle and also, as you say, different uh, sectors in Mm -hmm. different countries are also on different things so that's definitely something to think about I think as well gosh echo there is I have got pages of things that I need to go away and research more about and find out more about (laughs) and uh, think about when it comes to my uh, my own investment portfolios and my own kind of wealth management and those kinds of things but if people want to connect with you uh more to find out more about how either you might help or support them or um you know some more great content from you how can they find you what's best for them to go to where's best for them to look
1: yeah i have written a book trying to help a lot more people to start financial planning right now even though they're not wealthy. So the book was released in June in the U.S. here. Uh, it's called Own Your Future, One Woman's Story of Immigration and Financial Freedom. So you can go to my personal website, onyourfuture.guru. that's G-U-R-U. So onyourfuture.guru. Uh, because I want to be per- financial guru for many people, even though I may not be able to serve them as their personal financial advisor. So, if you are on that website, you can read my blog, and you can connect with me on all the major social media. I'm very active on LinkedIn, and uh, I hope people will go and buy the book from Amazon and uh, and learn about have tips. I have a case studies and uh, show people how they can uh, start accumulating wealth by planning ahead because I came to this country from China with $800 in my pocket. So I, wow. I believe if I could do it over 20 some years and now I manage more than $120 million for 76 clients, I am sure a lot of people can learn something and start taking an action to own their future.
0: Absolutely. That is awesome. So what we'll do is we'll put all these links in the show notes for everyone listening so that you can connect with Echo. You can see her blog and we'll link to the book as well. I am just about to purchase it as well because <laughs> uh, certainly I feel like I have a lot to learn in this area too. And I'm excited to, uh, to get started uh, more in it and, uh, and implement what we've spoken about. echo. So thank you so much for joining us today on Uncover Wealth Radio. I massively appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners have got incredible value from it as well. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. That was great. Thank you.